try it, you try it. All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Why'd you like it? Like you? Who the hell said I got to like you? That true? Do you like me? You like me right now. You like me. I like it a lot. He likes it. Because I like it. Welcome to I'm Trying to Like It, the podcast where two siblings, myself and Aaron, discuss all things pop culture or pop culture adjacent. We might disagree once in a while, but you can rest assured that we're both trying to like it. In this episode, we have a grab bag full of topics to discuss, including the Idris Elba thriller Beast and a new season of White Lotus. But first... Against our better judgment, we've headed back into the pod searching for love sight unseen. We talk season three of Love is Blind. (laughs) Better judgment. We throw all caution to the wind when love is blind becomes a reality. (laughs) It is certainly the trashiest reality show that I've watched. I think. You think? You think more so than Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor or Bachelorette? I don't. I don't. I have never really watched any of those. Well, I'll tell you right now, this I is know it's high class compared. <laughs> uh, anyway, but that's for later. Oh no, are we talking about that first? Or are we? Talking about, I I don't remember. Uh, what are we doing? What I are mean, we doing here? Well, let's just go by the seat of our pants. Uh, okay. First and foremost, hello everyone. Welcome to the episode today. Um, Hope you all had a fantastic Halloween. Aaron, how was your Halloween? It was good. We uh, hit a couple of trunk or treats. Um, that's the, we decided that's like the quickest and most efficient way to get loads of candy. Yeah, that's and, the boring uh, way of getting candy. It's, it actually is really boring. I'm just going to say that. We decided after last night, we were like, this is really boring. Trunk or treats are boring. Trunk or treats um, are very boring. And so Laser doesn't like candy, my son. He doesn't care. Um, and I mean, I'm an adult, so if I want candy, I just go buy it, you know? (laughs) Um, so I really kind of felt like, uh, after last night hitting those two trunk or treats, I was kind of like, I don't, I think trunk or treats are not, not our thing. I mean, honestly, um, mom had, mom had texted me because I had every intention of coming down, uh, but. I got done with work a little bit later and it just didn't make any sense. And so I ended up going, um, and to a friend's house and we handed out candy there, but it really made me, as I was watching some of the kids come up and they're like teenagers, a little bit older. I'm like, hi, that was me last year. That was, (laughs) that was me. (laughs) Only a little bit older. Only a little bit older, but it did make me realize that I kind of miss going out trick or treating this year. Um, I did get some candy, but it's, it wasn't the yeah. same going door to door saying trick or treat um, and them looking at me like, are you actually the appropriate age? And me just smiling and getting that candy, securing that bag. Yeah. Um, I saw Laser's costume, him being a pirate. I thought it was very, yeah. very well done. Good job on the boat. Yeah, we built him a um, a his own pirate ship. Uh, we used a wagon and we covered it in cardboard and we built a sail for it even with a pirate flag on the top. So it was, 
It was not very. It, I won't say it was seaworthy. It it kind of fell apart. Like if you pulled it, if you pulled it like more than ten feet, it would start to fall apart. But and the and the sail, we never quite figured out how to keep the sail like upright. But it was uh, it was fun to build. So that's pretty much all we did. I couldn't believe it. You know, on Saturday, we just basically spent the whole day building a cardboard pirate ship. So. Not a bad way to spend a Saturday. But. Only for it to fall apart and you to realize that you spent a Saturday on a on a prop that only lasted for a trunk or treat. <laughs> exactly. In fact, we only took it to one of the trunk or treats and then we loaded it <laughs> in the back of the pickup truck and we were like, we're not getting that thing out again. That's too much of a hassle. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was. Eh, but we got some good photos, though. So, well, that's good. Yeah, you did get some good photos. Did he come out with some pretty good candy, or you, did you guys come out with good candy, or? What? Well, I haven't even looked through it yet. Um, we... You haven't checked it for fentanyl, <laughs> razor blades. I have not. That you know, we did go to trunk or treats. So it was like uh, two churches in town that had these huge parking lots, and they filled them up with you know people from the church i think handing out candy so not to say that it couldn't happen in a church parking lot but i felt pretty good about our candy selection uh i wasn't too worried about fentanyl uh plus like i said he doesn't like candy anyway so he'd have to they'd have to disguise it as like pizza or something for him to eat it (laughs) i guess that's the only food he's yeah but yeah but it was good overall um, not a not a bad holiday, but here we have a, a Christmas tree already up in our oh, house. Whoa, whoa, because... whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> because uh, uh, my wife Shella is Filipino, and she's been waiting since September first to start oh. to celebrate Christmas. Oh, so my. that's when it that's when it starts in the Philippines. Um, and so she's she's put it off for two months now, and but it was like November first. All right, Christmas tree's up. So that's, you know, I have seen a lot of people on like my Instagram uh, or my Facebook or just even people on Snapchat that are taking like videos of their house or even TikTok that they are putting up all of their Christmas decorations or talking about it. And it's like, wait, hold on, folks. This is a I actually we always grew up the day after Thanksgiving Right. Putting up that Christmas was, decorations. Yep, that was like yep. the, this is when it's acceptable. Now, so well, many people have said, but what's the point of doing it? Because then you don't get to enjoy it. Well, mom always decorated for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. also. And so. Do many people, I we, guess many people don't decorate for, I guess you no, can't really I don't decorate think, for Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, it's still kind of the fall theme, Leaves. right? So. Yeah, leaves, pumpkins, pumpkins, turkeys wearing the clothing of pilgrims. Corn horns. Um, Wait a corn, corn horn, Cornucopias. There it is. Corn, <laughs> corn horns. <laughs> Maybe some people call them corn horns. I mean, I call it a corn horn because it looks like a corn and looks like a horn. So corn horn. Um, <laughs> anyways, but I would like to know how many people actually decorate for christmas if if you are a before christmas or before thanksgiving christmas decorator 
or if you wait until the day after Thanksgiving, or do you just throw everything out and are your own person and say, you know what? September Labor Day hits. Let's put up the Christmas decorations because I feel like there's a, an, a, an appropriate time. Now, for me, I think I just grew up so much with like for so long where Christmas decorations didn't come up until after Thanksgiving, because you're right. Mom does decorate for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that it's just natural and normal for me to say, you know what? It can't happen. But now. Christmas music, that's an everyday fight. An everyday fight. I almost feel like half Christmas, once July 25th hits, then I'm like, okay, we're in that half Christmas. We're at half Christmas now where we can start singing those Christmas songs. Not so much watching the Christmas movies, but what's, so, what's socially acceptable? How do you feel about Christmas music? Like, Do you think well, that lies with decorations or what? We we have Christmas music playing in our we have had Christmas music playing in our house every day oh. uh for the last <laughs> two years almost. Um I don't know if you remember but Laser um well remember when you came to stay here and the alarm was set or the I had like the timer set to turn on music in the morning at like mm-hmm. five AM. Yeah. Well that is um it's it's a band called Boney M. I have it set up to automatically play this band named Boney M from the 1970s. They're like kind of a disco fringe band. Okay. Um, and <laughs> they sing a song called Mary's Boy Child. Oh, oh okay. And it's a, it's a Christmas song that we heard going through the lights display at the monastery here in Carthage like two years ago. Wow. And Laser became obsessed with it. And so he only wanted to listen to Mary's Boy Child. But then what happened was we started playing that song, and then it would be followed by other Boney M hits from the 1970s. And so he became a fan of the whole Boney M um, discography, essentially. Wow. And and so, so then he went through this phase where he was waking up at like 5 in the morning and wanted to go downstairs to play in the playroom. And he wanted music to play. So instead of waking me up every morning to ask me to turn on music, I just set it so that he would have music playing when he went downstairs to play. So there would be music already. Well, so I set it to the Boney M channel, which includes a mix of Boney M, Boney M pop songs and Christmas songs. Wow. And so, yeah, we have so we have Christmas music playing like every day all year around for like two years now. So I have to come downstairs every morning and turn it off. Like when I'm when I'm getting ready for work, I I have to shut off the Christmas music. So wow, that I'm that's, yeah, sorry I asked. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so I mean, it's big big around here. Um, yeah, that just seems kind of crazy to me. I the the title alone, Mary's Boy Child. That <laughs> Mary's Boy Child, Boney M. Check it out, people. Okay, well, are they? American? Uh, they're not. I can't remember where they're from. I think they're either. There may be a British pop band from the seventies, or maybe South African. Um, it says was an Afro-German Caribbean vocal group. There you go. <laughs> oh my, that's <laughs> that is a lot. And I found the song. 
Mary's boy <coughs> child. Me, so I might have to take a take a peek at Mary's boy child um, and listen to that. But yeah, I just feel like there is an appropriate time because it it's the the day after Thanksgiving. Now, with Christmas music, it's a little bit more. But I mean, you start to hear Christmas music on the radio starting, I mean, the day after Halloween. Yeah, Hobby Lobby yeah. starts decorating for Christmas the day, oh, like yeah. the month of October, and so it is kind of crazy. When does um, the lights open at Chidong Dong Kong, the monastery? <laughs> um, they begin, I think, the day after. No, maybe on Thanksgiving evening. Okay, so they wait yeah. for they wait for Thanksgiving to come again. Yeah, I think I think it's Thanksgiving evening is when the lights come on for the first time. Hmm. Well, y'all thought that we were gonna talk about Halloween, but nope, we just jumped ship and straight went into Christmas. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? But someday right. walk on water, Mary, did you so, know? Hey, uh, you know, Mom's going to get we? really mad at me for singing like that on that song. Sorry, Mom. You probably will. <laughs> I, I'm hearing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am hearing it now. Anyways, all right, let's get on with should the we, show. Should we take a break and then come back and talk about oh. Beast? You want to take let's a break? Let's do it. Let's take, let's take a break. Okay, let's, let's take, take a break. break. Hey. Look out the window. Welcome to my party, guys. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Thank you so much for having us. This is my chance to reconnect with the girls. I can see all Did mom shoot some of these? This little bump right here? That's you. I still miss her every day. There's something crossing up ahead. Keep the girls in the car. Stay in the car, okay? Just stay in the car. But I... Diabolo? Okay, what's he saying? Diabolo means devil. I've never seen anything like this. Multiple attacks without eating its prey. Lions don't do that. At least no lion I've ever seen. Go back to the calls. All right, we're back from our break. (laughs) So, yeah, so we're back. um, Idris Elba, fine actor. He is Uh, a fine fine man. Um, I've seen him mostly in more uh, sort of supporting roles. And I know, yeah. I know for years people have been asking for him to be cast as 007, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, but, I'd get behind that. But I was excited months ago when I saw the first trailers for the movie that we're going to discuss, uh, called Beast. And uh, Beast is about a father uh, who is from South Africa. Um, who is bringing his daughters who've been raised in the United States um, back to, or actually I think he's originally maybe from the U S but his wife was from South Africa. Is that right? 
Um, uh, yes, I believe so. And he brings his, 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 his wife has since passed away, but he's brought his daughters back to South Africa to visit, uh, one of their friends who is a, uh, a, a wildlife conservationist there. And, um, they get Kills those poachers. Yeah. Well, they, they, in, he was just there for, he's brought his daughters there for a visit to kind of, uh, you know, to reconnect with their mother's culture and where she grew up and um but things get kind of they get tangled up with uh, some poachers and with a beast a uh very large nasty lion and so mm-hmm. it is a thriller kind of edge of your seat um uh it is released is by it though? Uh, i i found it to be pretty intense in parts mm. what did you think okay. i talked you into watching this because um, we saw it a few nights ago and I just thought it was kind of fun. I don't know. It's not going to change any, any lives, but it's, it's a no. fun, it's a fun man against, um, you know, man versus wild. Um, I would, I would classify this as the jaws three of the, of the jungle or of the desert. <laughs> Jaws three, why not the original Jaws? It's not the no because the original the original Jaws was entertaining and lovely. This movie was just kind of like, oh, there's a big gigantic lion. Oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, I know what's gonna happen. This lion's gonna become an animalistic killer because that's what lions do, um, and just go on a warpath and kill everything that has a pulse. And is that what happens? Absolutely. But that's Jaws as well. I mean, that's what makes a yeah, lion. Yeah, but Jaws has like, I mean, you know, it's got the action. They're they're on a boat. It's killing people, but they're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, why? And then they're trying to figure out like, how do we kill this thing? But do we want to kill it? Like, da da. It's got the good music. It's got the scary music. It's. It, I felt like this movie was very anticlimactic. I would. I I believe it had potential for the first two thirds of it i thought it actually was i found it to be pretty uh engaging and intense is it jaws Agreed. level no i didn't i mean i, no. I didn't go into it jaws three jaws three well i i haven't even seen jaws three i have no exactly. idea exactly um <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i mean i i think it's better than you're giving it credit for i think it's it has 68 percent positive reviews on rotten tomatoes um yeah it has a 2.9 percent on google literally one comment says this was the worst movie i've seen in a long time (laughs) this is also idris elba's worst role ever with all the media hype round he and his daughter being at odds it's probably over the fact that he took this sucky role (laughs) Bring it along. There was no plot or storyline. There is. The writers of, what, what? No. <laughs> the writers of this movie script were extremely horrible. Why would someone be out in Africa in the wild with two little girls whose mom apparently was of African descent? Mentioned that their mom was teaching them how to speak the native language, yet they didn't speak but two or three words the entire movie? Why is there an English or British guy who is explained to be their mother's childhood friend? He's South African. They're in South Africa. There are white people in South Africa. (laughs) There are white and black people in South Africa. 
So it is very possible if you think that, for if them you to think have been friends that. since childhood. Idris finds liquor in an old abandoned schoolhouse to wash his hands with so he can tell his daughter that there are no major arteries exposed. He then rips a small piece of cloth, pours some liquor on it, then telling her to apply pressure to the wound with the rag. If you think that's the worst part, dot, 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 then he gets into a head-on fight with a six to 800-pound lion with only literal, literally <laughs> wait, a butter wait. knife after four missed shots with the <laughs> this you are you have careened into spoiler territory <laughs> without any warnings. This movie is fun. My daughter paid for the tickets, and I was so disappointed that I asked for her to Who refund me this for the ticket and my wasted time. Why, why would this? Age. Why are we listening to some stupid review off of the internet? Well, we want people to listen Chula to this one. stupid <laughs> this stupid review on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I mean, Chris L says this is one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> we are not polling. We're like looking at what are where are you reading these off of? It's Google. It's Google's review. Google people on Google are stupid. This is okay, not this is not a, a bad star. movie. This was a pretty good film. Plenty of action, loads of tension, is definitely worth a watch. But even though it is an incredibly entertaining movie, it does have a couple of flaws. Idris Elba, of course, does an amazing job. The movie does attempt to make you care for the characters, even with the thin plot. And the wrong movie is most guilty of is poor decision-making by the characters. Well, all in all, good watch. Show okay, me a thriller well, where the characters make good decisions. I mean, the whole thing, the whole the, the the tension is built around the fact that they are in, and, and actually there are a couple of scenes here where they do make really good decisions that help them survive, which I found to be enjoyable. <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> now, go on. This go is on. this is a fun movie. It doesn't have to be. I, I don't know what more you want from the plot. Do you want it just to uh, suddenly realize that the ghost is or the ghost? The lion is is a ghost, or that their lion has been possessed by aliens, or I don't know what else. They're stuck in the wild with a a lion that wants to kill them. Okay, number one, I don't understand why you're attacking me, the reader of reviews. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. But I need you to tone it down a little bit because I said it was fine. It wasn't the greatest, and it was like Jaws three. And the reason I said that is because I know not many people have seen or watched Jaws three. That's why I did that comparison. Okay. Should they have had like a catchy little theme where? The, with the lion coming, yes. Now, I did get very, very irritated. Are you literally telling me that him going underneath the SUV, that that lion wouldn't flip that thing over with an, all he had to do was just shimmy on under there and that SUV wouldn't have been flipped? That was unrealistic. I don't know that a lion can overturn a vehicle that easily. Uh, what do you mean? What What do you mean? It's a it's a vehicle. It's a jeep. I know. You think a lion think can just suddenly like turn a, a jeep over on its back? On its side, yeah, for sure. No, no. I'm I'm. There are bodybuilders out there that can lift vehicles. 
I don't think that it, I. This is like a, a Land Rover style vehicle. I don't think a, a lion can flip it over. You mean to tell me that if you don't have the right, I you, if you had think of think of a rock, okay? You have a very heavy rock, right. and you get a stick, and you have enough leverage where you prop that stick underneath the rock, and you pull it down. Let's not say stick. Let's say like metal bar or something. That rock's gonna move, even if it's super super heavy. That rock is going to move. So a lion is basically the same type of leverage. All he has to do is if he's going under there, he's either going to shimmy all the way underneath that vehicle or that vehicle is going to move to its side. Mm, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that much about lions. All I know is that... <laughs> all I know is that in the moment, there was an, it was believable enough as, as a scene in the film that I felt the tension... Of him trying to be you know, avoid this lion's claws. Plus, the lion was not only after him; it was after the girls in the vehicle, and there there were other things around that were distracting. Yeah, his it. stupid daughter getting out of the vehicle. Who does that? It's his stupid daughter. But that's what I'm and saying is when you throw in like kids into the mix, that's where you get irrational behavior, bad decision making, and that heightens the tension in a story like this. I mean, I'm just saying he had plenty of time as that lion was halfway stuck underneath that vehicle to get out and get back in the vehicle. Well, what did you think of Idris Elba? Did you think it was his worst performance ever? I mean, I did not like I. Uh, they should have gotten like a C-list movie actor to be in this movie. This was this should not have been the movie that Idris Elba was in because I feel like it has tainted his name and I hate that word. <laughs> it's not it is not t- tainted his name. He performs well in a good movie. Like he's a it's a good performance in a in a good decent movie. There are far <laughs> good, worse decent movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good movie. There's there are far worse. I mean, there there are a million films on Netflix that are bet are, are I mean that are worse than this, than this movie, and so I I don't know I don't I didn't come into this thinking that you're just gonna trash it from the get go. Aren't not, we supposed I mean, to try to like it? it? I I did try. I tried for an hour and twenty eight minutes. You no you, you anyway. Well, technically an hour and like. 20 minutes because I still have 10 minutes left. Yeah. Anyway, Idris Elba, Idris Elba is, is completely fine in the role of the father. The two girls that play his daughters do great in their roles. Uh, his friend, the South African is, don't even get me started on that. What? They did all that work just for it to end the way it did. You haven't even seen the ending. With his friend, yes, I have. Spoiler alert, everyone. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. If you don't want to listen, I mean, I'm sure if you guys have wanted to see this movie, it's been out for a hot minute. Spoiler, still. I will give you that. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you're still here, welcome. Are you telling me right now that they went through his friend being attacked by this lion, the stupid daughter getting out of the vehicle, getting him bringing him back to the vehicle him 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 singeing his artery 
them going back to the vehicle, stitching them up, getting them fluids, getting them together for him to just fall off of a cliff, the lion not die, even though it's been crushed by the heavy vehicle that he can't lift, but he doesn't die by it. Okay. Only for him to kill himself and not even kill the lion? He, he was trying to kill the lion. Well, he failed. <laughs> so... And that's stupid because so they put of, so much, they put so much hope and faith that this guy was going to make it, only for it to end up like that. Trash. <laughs> he he. There's a moment of heroic self sacrifice. I mean, he should have shimmied trash. himself out as the lion was slowly coming towards him, and then thrown that lighter in there. That would have been better. All right. Well, or if he would have shimmied out, thrown the lighter in there, and then he starts walking away, and then the lion gets him. That would have been better than all of that anticlimactic trash. <laughs> he went through so much only to die by flames. <laughs> Stupid. And you're also going to tell me that they <coughs> in this they pick, they pick the one truck that doesn't have enough gas to get them to where they need to go? Stupid. They weren't. They didn't go out into the wilderness to be attacked by lions. That wasn't the plan. If you're going on a, to South Africa or Africa in general, where there oh, are wait, lions, wait, 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 wait. When did they run out of? When did they run out of fuel? <clears throat> when they were driving back, whenever they had to stop at that school. That's where I got to. I literally told you I got to. They were not Pride in their Rock. own. They were not in their own vehicle at that point. They were in the vehicle. I know. That they that's stole what I'm saying. From the, from, they were in a vehicle stolen from the. That's what I'm saying. They're going to pick the one vehicle that doesn't have enough gas. Who? Check both of them. The dad and his daughter. There were two trucks. They're trying to get. And he. Oh, my goodness. But they think that the lion's dead. I, for one, if I was in that situation, I would have been like, okay, we don't know where I don't know where I'm going. I need to make sure that I have enough fuel that I'm not going to get stuck again so i'm gonna right. check both i can of tell those i can see that this ang- this angered you and i don't think that you've <laughs> approached this film <laughs> with any kind of rational reason there is no rationality to this film this <laughs> film is not a rational film this is so much better than so much crap that we've talked about and i don't know why you're why why you okay feel like you have so to- you're also telling me that these that these lions on Pride Rock are just going to jump on the best friend Martin, Uncle Martin. They're just going to jump on them and play around? No. Yeah, you can find countless videos on YouTube of lions that have been raised by uh, humans and they have developed this kind of like playful relationship. That happens. Okay, number one. If I'm ever going on an African safari jungle excursion, I'm going to think to myself, anything can go wrong. And I'm going to have exit plans that if something does go wrong, I'm not going to be the idiot that dies by fire or the person getting mauled by a lion because I think, oh, this lion's my friend. He's not going to turn on me. Bull trash. As I said, I can tell that you were angered (laughs) by this film. I'm just saying it triggered, the, it next triggered ten, something. the next 10 minutes better, better turn it around <clears throat> because it was not, I tried to like it and I didn't. 
<laughs> I didn't have to try to like it. I just liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, I feel like Idris Elba, he he got swindled. He should have, I mean, he this may have put a dent in his career. He needs to be James Bond now, or he's going to get these trash type movies again. Okay. All right. Nope. Let's... I stand by what I said. It was kind of trash. Well, you heard it here. Uh, <laughs> what would you rate it? Uh, I would give it a seven and a half, probably. Seven and a half? The cuss? Yeah. A seven and a half? Yeah. <laughs> what the? This is not a bad movie. I have no idea why you're responding to this movie this way. It is a good movie. Mm, what would you give it? A two. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you fine. Gave, a you've, four. You've, you've given, like... <laughs> True, true trash, like a five on this podcast. What true trash are we talking? What true trash, Aaron? I, I, what true trash? What? Yeah, back it up. Okay, <laughs> let me let me pull up the topics of discussion. Let's go look at our episodes. Um, let's see here. This movie was like a Peppy Nitro original to me. I think you gave Samaritan a better um, score Samaritan. than. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. I no way. I never finished it. You, you I swear, you gave it a, you gave it better than five. Someone check tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't gave, I, I, resume, I don't know how I gave it. I think you gave. I don't know how I gave it a better review because I freaking didn't finish it. I think you, I didn't finish Resident Evil either, and I think I gave Resident Evil like a four. I I don't know. You've very rarely given anything less than a five. And I, I can't. I call cap, cap, cap. <laughs> All right, cap. Well, if it's if it's a four in your book, and that's being gracious on your part. Then um, all I can say is I thought it was good, and I think I would recommend it for people. It's on Paramount, or no, it's on Peacock, it's right? On Peacock. It's on, available on Peacock streaming now, and uh, I think Idris Elba is uh, does a great why job. Why would you? Why would you recommend it, Aaron? What What about it was great? Performances were great. The setting was interesting and unique. It was thrilling. I was on the edge of my seat for much of it, so. It was fun. It had everything that I would look for in a thriller. Wow. What movie was I watching then? I don't know. I don't think you were really watching. I think you must have had it playing in the background while you did something else. Nope. I was laying in my bed looking at the TV the whole time, and I thought to myself, what else could I be doing right now? <laughs> maybe you fell asleep. Sleeping. Maybe you, no, maybe you did I, fall asleep. I was wide awake because I was just waiting for that moment. I was waiting for... And I really like Idris Elba. I think he's an incredible actor, and I think he's not put in movie in good movies enough. I mean, yes, he was in the Thor, the Thor series and all of that stuff, any of the Marvel movies. He's in that because he's the gatekeeper or whatever. All right. Anyways... Just, we've talked enough. Know, we've you've shared your know. you've shared your rage, the rage that this triggered in you. I don't know why, but you, uh, the spirit of the lion lives in you. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I do have a lion tattoo on my arm, so and so we will leave it there. Um, that is. Beast. I mean, it's no worse than him being in cats. So, Ugh. well, yeah. I mean, how could you say this was his worst performance? 
I never watched Cats. I didn't either. Nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> I I said this was one of his worst performances. All right. I can't compare it to Cats if I've never watched it. All right. So let's uh, okay. let's yeah. let's cut a break, and when we come back, we'll, we will be discussing something uh, maybe less contentious: the third season of Love Is Blind. It's scary, but I'm here because I'm looking for a husband. <laughs> it's been one of the hardest things, dating as an adult. Am I really going to meet my wife in the grocery store? I've done a lot of this life alone, and I just don't want to do it alone anymore. Pods are open! I'm very confident in who I am, and I deserve someone who understands that. I grew up without Pete and AC. I definitely don't want my quality of living to suffer. This is crazy that I felt comfortable enough saying that story. I can't believe I just did. You're 25? Are you serious? How are you here? How <laughs> did I meet you in here? Will you marry me? Will you marry me? Will you? still very heated i'm heated still but it's fine because we're gonna talk about um love is blind or is it um i would like to say uh so i'm only you've watched as many episodes that are out and i think that's six episodes so far um i've only i've watched half of that so i'm i'm almost i'm about halfway through episode three the first two seasons, did people get engaged at the start of the first episode? No, I think they spent more time in the pods in the first season, I think. Okay. I don't know if they've just mixed up the, the sort of the approach towards. I think what they've tended to do in, in this season is they focused on one couple per episode and then they ended that episode with them getting so basically they did like a reveal at the end of each episode because mm. so structurally like the... it was a little bit different okay so there are five couples which i feel like is a normal standard that five couples um are usually what's pulled out but that first couple alexa and brennan uh-huh. i was so floored by the fact that it was still episode one i i seriously whenever they were like went through the whole motion of it i thought to myself did i miss something did um, did an episode like did i miss the transition between episode one and episode two and then when episode two started i was like oh dang okay it was still episode one because that yeah. was quick they were saying i love you so we probably should give a quick synopsis of what Love is Blind is. If if someone hasn't seen Love is Blind, it's now in its third season on Netflix. And it's a romance uh, sort of um, reality show uh, where men and women are placed into pods where they get to speak to one another and go on quote unquote dates. But they aren't allowed to see one another until... They propose one proposes uh, 
for marriage. So uh, once a proposal is made, then the couple is allowed to see each other for the first time. And so mm-hmm. the premise is that these couples will uh, learn to um, begin to, f- that these couples will fall in love with one another on a deeper, more sights unseen. Yeah. On a deeper level, based on the fact that they're not being distracted by physical, you know, attractiveness essentially. So, um, so it's now in its third season. Um, and, um, season two was the worst. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't feel like anything. Now I do feel like season three is going to come close to what season one was. You think so? Um, and how the, yeah, because I mean, um, one of my favorite couples of season three is um, Cole and Zaneb. Okay. And then Raven and SK. All right. And I feel like Cole and Zaneb kind of have the um, Lauren and Cameron type feel. Um, A little bit to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think season three has led me to see very clearly why all of these people are in their mid to late thirties and and are Mm. still unmarried. Yes. I mean, I can't stand Nancy. She's the worst. I I think they're all quite, um, and Colleen. Like, I, I don't think any of them really wants to be in a relationship. Honestly, I think they all like the idea of it, but then I I find them all to be incredibly, especially the women, to be incredibly um, unwilling to change or uh, adapt to another human in order to form connection. Okay. That I mean, that's painting with broad strokes, of course, but. I am just specifically speaking of the women in this show. Um, I, I feel like they, they go into this with the expectation that um, when they meet the perfect person, nothing about them, everything about them will be loved completely and that they will not be required to make any change or sacrifice. Okay. And that's how they determine that this is the perfect relationship. So that's how they go about these these conversations in these pods is like an interview with like, well, I'm like this. So can you take that? Can you handle that? And I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to move here. I'm not going to have this kind of job. I expect this kind of income. I expect this. kind. And I just don't I've never approached relationships that way. And I don't think realistically, having been married now for six years, I don't know how a marriage could ever work with that kind of attitude. Mm. So for me, I'm like, these people have a completely unrealistic expectations of what is ex- what has to take place in order for a relationship to be successful. Um, and they're unwilling, seemingly unwilling to change or to adapt or be flexible on these issues. And so they, that's why they butt heads so much. I mean, I cannot believe that within a few minutes of being together, um, they're already starting to, or a few days of being together, they're already starting to complain about things like 
a piece of clothing being left out and us, you know, not being put away or like, and I'm just like, this is, I mean, of course these moments are being put forth by the producers and yeah, for the, for the drama that it creates. But I just, I just get this sense of like, eh, there's a reason these people are single. Like they don't really, they don't want marriage they they like their life the way it is. They want to add marriage as sort of another kind of another um I don't know. Just it's it's kind of like just another thing to to do. It's almost like going on vacation and it's a bucket list item almost. It's like, yeah, I want to get married to make my life even fuller. Um and but they don't realize that marriage is going to completely shift their reality, you know? And so I don't know. It's just, it just has become very clear. And so for that reason, I tend to find all of these relationships pretty frustrating. And I'm like, I don't know that I like any of these couples for, or or any of these people for one another. Like, I just don't think they're good matches because I don't think Hmm. they're willing to do what is necessary to make a relationship work long-term. So what do you think is the difference between season one when they really had strong, strong couples? Like, I mean, well, but, Lauren and Cameron, but from, strong couple. But from season Bart- one, they literally, they, it's just two couples that have lasted, right? Yeah. So what what are you, what do you think is different from the two couples? Well, maybe. I mean, I don't think anybody has lasted from season two. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But... I don't know. I mean, I think that you saw with Lauren and Cameron, Lauren had to, um, Lauren, they, I think both of them really loved each other and wanted to get married. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's literally yeah. the difference is that the way they looked at it was, I love this person. I'm willing to change some things. I'm willing to change my future plans. I'm willing to move. I'm willing to live in a different house. I'm willing to make less money than I maybe could have made otherwise. I'm willing to do all these different things that make a relationship possible. And from in season two and season three. Now I just get a sense that these people are like, they they've come into this as like, Oh, another cool thing to add to my resume. I was on season three of love is blind and uh, you know, and I met this person and kind of, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I've become more and more cynical of these, the potential for relationships. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. So, <clears throat> do you think so? Who's who's the person that really just draws you drives draws you that drives you nuts from the from the five couples that are here? So you have Alexa and Brennan. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexa comes from a very wealthy Jewish family. Brennan is from a. Uh, from a kind of more middle-class Texas ranch family, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he said that they, he basically, he kind of grew up without heat. And, yeah. Like, he needs to run. Stuff. He needs to run away. He needs to run, yeah. run far away. Um, <laughs> the pressure that she is going to place on him and the pressure that his, her family is going to place on him to uh, be something, uh, that he probably has no desire to be, which is some kind of like 
executive or something. I, I have no idea what his ambitions are, but... I mean, he's an engineer right now, yeah. so... They clearly expect uh, him to, and they just say this outright, like, we expect you to provide, a, you know, a wealthy, luxurious lifestyle for our daughter, right? Um, he doesn't have that as it stands currently. He didn't grow up in that environment. And uh, the pressure that he's going to feel if they stay together to make that work, I think, is just going to drive him uh, insane. So I would say he needs to, to get out of there. Um, Bartice and Nancy, I think Bartice is kind of a dork. Um, he doesn't say like, he says the worst stuff. Like, I can't believe some of the things that come out of his mouth, um, when he's trying to be honest and open and he says all the wrong things. Cringe, cringe, cringe. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about them. Um, Cole and Zenab, uh, Cole is also kind of an I kinda, idiot. I kind of like them. I I think they're kind of cute. I think they could be, and Cole is a little bit of an idiot. Like he has a bit of the Barty syndrome, where he just says whatever's on his mind and doesn't necessarily think about how Zena might think about or might hear it and receive it. And um, so I think that gets him into trouble. Um, Okay. And uh, then Raven and SK. So maybe you haven't got to this point in the season. Have you seen the episode where SK meets Raven's friends? Uh, No, not yet. Okay. Well, I think it's... You you can talk about it. it, It's not... I mean... That episode says everything that we need to know, which is is kind of what I would have said. Uh, If I was... If I was counseling SK, I would say, get the heck out of there. Run, yes, run I, I agree. And I agree with that completely just because of how Raven just watching her not really care about the other people yeah. and just kind of care about herself. And yeah, yeah I totally would think the exact Well, same what's thing. interesting is there's an episode where Raven takes SK to meet some of her friends and her friends kind of grill SK for a while. And then the friends um, are alone with the producers of of the show of of love is blind and they're basically saying yeah you know i think sk seems like a nice guy and we just worry about him because i really think she's gonna break his heart i think she's i think he's in over his head i don't think he can and and so it's interesting because that's their friend right they're talking about Mm -hmm. raven they're talking about and they they came out of that fearful for how sk was going to be affected by the relationship and so that tells you a lot, right? Like, yeah. if yep. the friends are standing by going like, yep, she's going to hurt him. She's definitely going to hurt him. Like, she's hurt other guys. Like, then you're kind of like, okay, that's probably not a good situation for him to be in. So, yeah, I would I, I would definitely tell him to run. Okay. Last one. Colleen and Matt. Um. Matt is a little... I can't stand her. I think she's the worst. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't... I think Colleen's a little bit sort of, like, bland. I, I don't know how else to describe her. Like, I don't... I haven't really seen much personality from her. Um, I did think it was funny how much she talked about being a ballerina all the time. Yeah, that was, like, um, her personality. Yeah. Uh, Matt is funny. He seems like just, <laughs> just a hothead. But I also think that a lot of his best scenes 
where he's just kind of like going off on uh, how he doesn't want to be played. I think he's probably had too much to drink, which is vital <laughs> to this whole show. Like half the drama created in the show is just that they've had too much to drink. And so their emotions are like running away from them or, you know, running out. They, they, they don't have any, they, they're, they're not reasoning or thinking rationally in most of these situations. So, um, but yeah, his, he in particular seems to, um, get pretty worked up. Um, and so I don't know. I, like I said, I'm kind of cynical about any of these relationships actually working out long term. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I'm the same way. Um, I cannot stand. Uh, I cannot stand Raven. I think that he that SK is too good for her. Um, because he's a solid, like he's a solid guy when he was opening up about his family and past, um, like solid. Honestly, Cole and Zineb are probably the only couple that I put any faith in actually making, making it or making it out. Um, because I don't know, Alexa and Brennan, it just seemed like it happened so, so quick. And like you said, she it, she is from a very, very wealthy family. And he's just so level-headed and kind of go-with-the-flow type of personality. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe we'll see more to it, like, further down. I don't know. Because it's, what, eight? Is it a ten episode or eight episode? Uh, I'm not sure. There should be at yeah. least three more episodes, I think. Okay. So that means it's probably a 10 episode, but I just, I don't know. I think the only ones that I really put any type of here we go is Cole and Zineb. I've also, whenever we were looking at just the name, so we remembered, um, there is a lot of controversy happening about how their, how love, love is blind is a failed experiment, especially for black women. And like a bunch of people are like, that they put so many black women on like the promo for it, yet none of them really get any spotlight in the actual like date, like the nitty gritty dates. Yeah, I read. I think I read something about that, and I, it's interesting because they, you know, there's a lot of contestants that we never, yeah, we might briefly see in one of the first couple of episodes, but then we they sort of get sort of cut out of the final edits. And so we don't get to see how their time in the pods goes or, um, so it is interesting. I think, you know, obviously a lot of series and, and, and in Hollywood right now, like diversity is definitely something that is expected in casting mm-hmm. whenever you're casting for anything. And so, um, it almost does feel like, maybe they 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 brought in a, a larger cast with that was more diverse um but then basically ended up editing out any a lot of that diversity you know so i yeah. i don't know it's i you know the show is so ultimately it's it's like i said it's it's the trashiest reality show i watched as you you've assured me that there's a lot trashier out there Um, but, um, like it's, it it felt like something a little bit more wholesome the first season I felt like, 
And it has quickly like moved in a direction towards the trashier, <laughs> you know? Yes. And I would agree with part that. Part of that is now I think a lot of a lot of the contestants they're familiar with the format, of course, as before they even join the show. Um, but they also I find that they spend a lot more time talking or, or sort of hinting about appearance during the pod dates, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that leads to maybe less um I don't know. Like it feels like like they've sort of lost the point of it all in some ways. Yeah. And see, and that's kind of why I like Cole and Zineb because was it Cole? Yeah, Cole and Zineb because they both kind of or who what was it? A, I don't remember. I think it was. But they both kind of made it very apparent that they wanted to stay true to the process. Like they didn't want to talk about the, their physical features or anything like that. And so they wanted to stick true to the process. They didn't want to know anything. They, none of that type of stuff. Um, another thing that kind that I like about them now, I don't know so much about Cole because he, like some of the stuff I was like, dude, you're too much. But just the fact that they both kind of said, when they were talking to each other that they wanted to pray in their marriage. And like, you kind of got that in season two. Like they would kind of joke around about how blah, blah, blah. They were, they wanted, they were Christians, but they, it was like a very apparent that they weren't. But like with these two, I don't know. I just feel like they are my number one couple at the moment because I just can't stand any of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is very watchable. Um, I'll give it that. But yes, <laughs> but that's I, I, I attribute a lot of that to just, you know, standard reality show drama and uh, lots of good editing um, yeah. oh, on the yeah, part of sure. the producers. So, yeah. So I don't know. It's like I said, I think it's it has strayed a bit from its its roots that I thought were a bit more. um sincere and it's become a little bit more just like everything else on TV a bit, you know, I mean, as far as dating shows go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still watching. So it's working on some level. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people do. So I think it's just like the whole process of it, honestly, because that's what interests me. It's like, We've seen that the process doesn't actually that love truly isn't blind. Like, right. Some of these couples are like, oh, man, I should have gone after this person because they're more my they're more my style, my match. They're more who I'm physically attracted to. But it's like, dude, you're (laughs) like you're going into this process for not that because it's not worked out for you so far. So, yeah. We'll we'll see how how this all unfolds um, in the later in the later seasons. Uh, before we wrap up, quick little what we think so far of season two of White of the White Lotus. Um, different group of people, except for Jennifer Coolidge's character Tanya McQuad. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's going to live up to season one and how well season one was? Uh, it's going to be really hard to live up to season one. I knew that going in. Um, I did enjoy the first episode of season two, interested in all the characters. Some of the surprises were, um, 
it does look like we're going to dive deeper into the Jennifer Coolidge character's life, Tanya McQuad. Uh, she's married now in season two. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you know, there's, uh, everything is not perfect in their marriage. And that be, becomes pretty evident in she's in the first episode. Um, so I think we're going to get more of her, which is a lot more Jennifer Coolidge. I'm all for like, she's yeah. so good in this. Um, then some of the other standout characters, uh, the, uh, the uh, Portia character, p- played by Haley Lee Richardson. She yes. is uh, <laughs> Tanya McQuad's assistant, personal assistant. And just every time she's on screen, I'm laughing because I just feel so bad for her. First of all, she's just, I, she's very cute. Like, just like, like this really short little, I don't know. I don't know how old she is, but she does. She looks like a, like she's an intern or something. Um, uh-huh. And. And she's just, uh, but she's been told that she has to stay in her room while <laughs> while they're at this uh, resort, and uh, she sneaks out. And uh, there's a, that scene in the first episode where uh, Tanya comes over, sees her at the restaurant, and comes over. I said, "I told you to stay in your room," and she said, "I have to eat." <laughs> but anyway, so I think there's going to be a great cast of characters here i was a little bit surprised aubrey plaza is in this uh yeah me too and she's coming across her character is very unlikable which is unusual for aubrey plaza like she often plays someone who's a little bit cold and distant but in a but also in a funny kind of way and and she's usually really likable um even when she plays that sort of cold distant character but in this one she is She's at least coming across initially as pretty unlikable to me, but not yeah. to say she's not the performance isn't good. She's it's it's been great, but um, but yeah, so far I'm I mean I'm excited about this season and um, just curious to see where it goes because right now it's it's uh, definitely just kind of setting up some characters and um, but yeah I'm pretty thrilled and the pacing is very similar. The music is different, although. It's uh, some of the um, melodies from the first season soundtrack have carried over. So it has some mm-hmm. continuity there uh, stylistically. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I was excited to see it, see it yeah. uh, back. Yep. I would agree with all of that. I think it will be hard to uphold um, the aspects and how it, how well and how quickly it captivated um, the first couple of minutes in season one. Um, But it's kind of, I kind of am having to tell myself, okay, don't compare it to season one because it's completely different. Jennifer Coolidge's character may be the only one that has returned, but it's a completely different um, group of people, group of issues, situation and all of that stuff. So we will, we will definitely, definitely see i am super excited i have high hopes for this um and hopefully they'll start bringing in the really cool soundtrack and music yep okay well do you have any recommendations i do not nope (laughs) none for me either we basically (laughs) we basically talked about everything that i have watched this week so yeah and let's not get started back on that trash show at the beginning um okay well Thanks for listening. 
thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hope you had a very happy, happy Halloween. Now, let us know what kind of Christmas decorator you are. Do you decorate for Thanksgiving or do you just say, eh, Halloween's over? Let's get let's get Christmas decorations up. Uh, you can email us at I'm trying to like it at gmail.com to send us all your recommendations, your thoughts, your questions, concerns. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trying to like it no www dot or our lovely website trying to like it dot com <laughs> did you did you just zone out no i just give you the answer oh. trying to like it dot com it was a little slow kind of kind of quiet so sorry i think oh he i'm out. here anyways that's i'm here fine. okay <laughs> Okay, anyways, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure to share us with everyone you know. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things because you're awesome and we appreciate you. Um, Have a great day. Happy weekend. And thanks for listening to I'm Trying to Like It. I'm trying to like it.